Greetings and welcome back for episode 3 of Gnosis. Today's honored guest is Tino Sanchez. Tino is a stand-up comedian, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, professional DJ, and founder of the nonprofit Rescue for Pitbulls, Peace, Love, and Pitbulls.org. Tino reminds me of some of my favorite comics growing up, legends like Bill Hicks, George Carlin, Patrice O'Neill, and others who, while championing freedom of speech, were able to empower their audiences to question authority, think for themselves, and they pointed out the hypocrisy of those devils who cannot stand to be mocked. So let's all ridicule those uptight assholes. You know, the self-appointed politically correct hall monitors who think for some reason they have the right to cancel ideas they don't like, end careers, distress families, and ruin comedy for everyone out there just trying to survive this prison planet without their kids being brainwashed by transgender communists. If you want to get right to the start of the episode, skip ahead to about the 11.30, 12-minute mark. Uh, I've laid out about 10, 12 minutes of comedy from the aforementioned legends. Uh, it sets the mood for today's show, and I want to honor their spirit and their memory. If you appreciate this show, be sure to give us a like, subscribe, and share our content as we are shadow banned by the globalist who want to decapitate your intellect and your bloodlines to protect themselves from inevitable cosmic justice. Gnosis, it's not for the faint of heart nor weak of stomach. Praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. Next up on the chopping block, XM Satellite Radio DJs Opie and Anthony. They're under fire now for airing joking comments about raping Secretary of State Condoleezza Rice. Will they be the next to go? Is radio cleaning house after the IMUS debacle? With me now, New City President, now New City President, Sonia Osario. She took part in a recent protest calling for radio stations to stop, stop supporting negative language in music and talk radio. And also our favorite stand-up comic, Patrice O'Neill. Oh, thank you, sir. Patrice, uh, are ONA next? I hope not. I hope JV, I wish JV and Elvis didn't lose their job or Imus. It's funny. This is the thing. I, I have, I don't know her, but I'm, a, I'm assuming that she has nothing to do with funny. So I'm going to speak as the expert on funny. Funny people should just be left to trying to be funny. What if, what if they're not funny? Then you made a mistake. But how many, listen, how many times has an unfunny, how many f unfunny rape jokes lead to rape? Like, I don't know how many jokes about rape there are. There's a lot. But your your world is not funny. Your world is uh, next <laughs> next on the big story. <laughs> My world is people trying to be funny. Well, I mean, you you think it's okay to try to make jokes about rape? I'm diabetic. I make fun of that. I'm a victim. I might lose a toe, but I'm trying to make fun of. I'm trying to make fun of anything I I think I can make fun of. Sonia, you know, what's happening now is the marketplace. Okay, is deciding what's appropriate or what's not appropriate. It's, I think the nation is just tired. There's a new mood in the nation. What nation? The nation. You know what? We're tired of things that is are just the nation, this paper, and you? I'm, the, I'm not the nation. I'm just speaking for me and funny. You're speaking for the nation or are you speaking for... Yeah, you know why? Because I remember six years ago doing uh, something against Anthony Openey because they were just so outrageous and their violent images to that you. they put out to women was just uncalled for. And now, now, I think people... You think they were trying to be funny? I think now 
people in Do this country are tired. Do you think they were trying to be funny? Tired. You know what? I don't care if they're trying to be funny. That's what I'm saying. Why something. are you in that business? I've been to your show once, and it wasn't very funny being a woman. It was hilarious. Show, when you talked about... That's why she doesn't like me. I was in the paper with her, and the joke is hilarious. called The Angry Pirate. And the lady who wrote it in, in her outrage didn't even know what it meant. And anybody who read it laughed because they know what funny... You're not living in the context of funny. You're living All in the context of fire. have have every right to be as funny as they want. They can go out and try to be as funny as they want, make as much funny, make as much money being as funny as they want. This is what's happening. There is a change in this country. People are realizing they it's have an opportunity to speak out. And advertisers are listening. You're Radio not talking. You're not talking. Sonia, you're not talking to who I talk to. And you're to. not going to get paid as much money anymore. Sonia Patrice, That's look what at it this. Is. The marketplace. More is CBS speaking. radio firings. They've been on. The, they've been on a tear lately. All right. Are they cleaning house, or is this the PC cops run amok? You know what it is, John. You know what it is while you're reading that paper. It's the PC cops run amok. Well, you think Who's she's the PC, a PC cop? cop? Of course she is. She's, she has an entire encyclopedia of, of her stance on it, but it's no passion involved. It's not a real... This is just what she has to say. We are outraged and oh, he's, fired he's and fired an and fired. Name-calling. I'm a outraged. Fool. I am I'm, outraged. You should be. You should be outraged. I am a fool. Now, if I called you a fool, ah! You know what? People are feeling a new sense of entitlement. Who are these to people in this country? Who are the people? A new How can sense you, of entitlement. Patricia, here's what. Decency. Here's my question: How can you justify a bad joke, a joke that isn't funny? Oh, wait a minute. Wait. A minute. Go ahead. An attempt that isn't funny, doesn't get any laughs, and is about raping a the first black woman to ever become the Secretary of State well, of the United States. Throw that at me. Well, why the, not? The, the attempt is what I'm trying to fight for. The joke may or may... Funny jokes and unfunny jokes are, are come out of the same birth. They, you, you don't know if anything is going to be funny. You should attempt don't to be you, able to make anything funny. Don't you think a joke about rape is doomed to be not funny? It's possible, but I've heard them. I've heard You've them. heard a funny rape joke? Uh, I'd say a couple. Watch my HBO special. I'm pretty good at it. <laughs> Yeah, Patrice, Patrice says that if you're having sex with a woman, doggy style, and if you Wrong. Hit, her in the, hit her in the head just the right no, time. No, it's ejaculate in her eye and kick her in the shin, and she walks <laughs> no, around no, like, arg, it's the angry pirate. No, no, That's no. what she was he trying to say. A violent act of hitting her in the back of her head, her body. It's called the donkey up, punch. Which will then. Why are you laughing? She's outraged. It's called the donkey punch. It's whole humor that she has no Careful clue what it is. A lot of people in this country want to tell you what you can and can't talk about. Well, sometimes they'll tell you you can talk about something, but you can't joke about it. Like rape. People say you can't joke about rape. They say rape's not funny. And I say, fuck you. I think it's hilarious. How do you like that? I can prove rape is funny. Picture Porky Pig raping Daisy Duck. See? Hey, why do you think they call him Porky? Go back to bed, America. Your government has figured out how it all transpired. Go back to bed, America. Your government is in control again. Here, here's American gladiators. Watch this. Shut up. Go back to bed, America. Here is American gladiators. Here is 56 channels of it. Watch these pituary retards bang their fucking skulls together and congratulate you on living in the land of freedom. Here you go, America. You are free to do as we tell you. You are free to do as we tell you. Oh, good. Honey, I heard on the news 
that they figured out that the gun, what happened is that there is an echo and that Kennedy was uh, asking uh, Jackie what it was and that's why his head flew up. Honey, what time's Gladiator's on? I have this feeling, man, because you know there's a handful of people actually run everything. That's true. It's provable. It's not a fuck. I'm not a conspiracy nut. It's provable. Handful, very small elite run and own these corporations, which include the mainstream media. I have this feeling who's ever elected president, like Clinton was, no matter what your promises you promise on the campaign trail, blah, 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 when you win, you go into this smoky room with the 12 industrialists, capitalist scumfucks who got you in there, and you're in this smoky room, and this little uh, uh, film uh, screen comes down, and a big guy in a cigar, roll the film. And it's a shot of a Kennedy assassination from an angle you've never seen before. <laughs> It looks suspiciously off uh, the grassy knoll. And then the film, the screen goes up and the lights come up and they go to the new president. Any questions? Uh, just what my agenda is. First we bomb Baghdad. You got it. Um, the, the fact that the postmodernists dare to be Marxist is also something that I find I would say not so much intellectually reprehensible as morally repugnant. And one of the things that one of the things that the postmodernists, postmodern neo-Marxists continually claim is that they have nothing but compassion for the downtrodden. And I would say that anybody with more than a cursory knowledge of 20th century history who dares to claim simultaneously that they have compassion for the downtrodden and that they're Marxists are revealing either their an ignorance of history that's so astounding that it's actually a form of miracle or a kind of <laughs> or a kind of malevolence that's so reprehensible that it's almost unspeakable because we already ran the equity experiment over the course of the 20th century and we already know what the the Marxist doctrines have done for oppressed people all around the world and the answer to that mostly was imprison, enslave imprison them, enslave them, work them to death, or execute them. And as far as I can tell, that's not precisely commensurate with any message of compassion. And so I don't think that the postmodern neo-Marxists have a leg to stand on ethically or intellectually or emotionally. Or, and I think that they should be gone after as hard as possible from an intellectual perspective, an informed intellectual perspective. And this is fundamentally a war of ideas. And that's the, that's the level of analysis that it should be fought upon. And not only is it a war of ideas, I think it's one that can be won because I think that the, especially the French intellectual postmodernists are a pack of, um, what would you call them? Um, well, we could start with charlatans, that's a good one. Pseudo-intellectual would be good, resentful would be another, and then I would also consider them highly, they're highly deceptive in their intellectual strategies because almost all of them were Marxist student intellectuals and they knew by the time the Gulag Archipelago came out and even before that, that the, 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 the nightmares of the Soviet Union and Maoist China were of such magnitude that they had completely invalidated any claim to ethical justification that the fundamental Marxist doctrines had ever managed to managed to manifest. And so it's a, it's a no-go zone as far as I'm concerned. Intellectually, the game's over. We've already figured out that there are finite constraints on interpretation and we also understand why those exist and how they evolved and from, from the perspective of, of political ar argumentation, there's absolutely no excuse whatsoever in the 21st century to put forth Marxist doctrines as if they're the, the bomb that's needed by the compassionate and the, by the bomb that's administered by the compassionate to the downtrodden. Sorry, tried that, didn't work. We've got a hundred million corpses to prove it, and that's plenty for me. And if it's not enough for you, well then you should do some serious thinking either about your historical knowledge or about your moral character. 
So that's the first thing. If you put your hands on me again, you're gonna fucking regret it. Okay? Go sit down. Go sit down. Go sit down. Ray, go sit down. You wonder why nobody likes you, bro. I like him. Jesus. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Start the fucking show, asshole! Bring on the next comic! Right now! And stop making fun of me! You do that all by yourself, Wayne. No! You do that all by yourself. You lied to me! Throw a tantrum. I'm a 60 year old baby. I don't get my weight. Listen! I don't get my weight. Are you gonna start shooting me right now? What'd I tell you? What'd I tell you? When he put his hands on me once, he was going to do it again. This is Sparta! Give it up for my good friend, Tino Sanchez! This next song <laughs> is about Shikari Richardson, the black woman that wasn't allowed to run in the Tokyo Olympics because she got busted smoking weed. Bullshit, this is her song. trees for me and I know why hey hey cuz I got high because I got high because I got high I hit trees like Sonny Bono when I get high they treat me like Yoko Ono because I got high you can't smoke but you can be a guy hey hey dress like a bride like Lady Di, like George Takai. La -da, da 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 I said, if it wasn't weed, it'd be some guy. Hey, hey, just tug it inside, tug it inside, tug it up high. It's not the SARS, the Spanish, or swine. It's just the Wuhan crew And they were all yellow Okay, uh, I wanted to talk about my favorite conspiracy Marley and Me, the movie Predicted COVID-19 Marley Me, Jennifer Aniston, Owen Wilson, the dog named Marley predicted COVID-19 because just like the movie Marley and Me, COVID was released in America and Canada on Christmas, way overhyped, and it all gave us a sneak peek 
as to how much destruction can come from one yellow lab. So Tino, um, where are you from? How old are you? Like, uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, I'm in Vegas right now. I grew up here. Um, I uh, moved to LA for a little bit and had to get out of that fucking shithole. Um, it's too bad. The best, the, the best, you know, besides Hawaii, the best weather on planet Earth, and it's just ruined by these fucking people and their woke bullshit. Just ruined. It's ruined. Um, it's ruined. Did you see that? Did you see that video going around of the guy at the bus stop? Little kids coming off. I think that was San Francisco. And then just a row of just degenerate drunks and drug addicts. Oh, bro. Yeah, L.A. And they tried to say that that was the model for the rest of America. Anyway, we're talking about me. Who am I? What am I doing? Uh, a little bit of weed. I try to do. Um, before I do stand up. And then I was like, oh, I should do that before I do a podcast, too, because um, we're both martial artists. I Do you smoke weed? Yeah, definitely. I'm, I've been, uh, I moved recently, and they don't, it's harder to get, so I'm kind of like doing a oh, really? sabbatical, but it's not been bad, actually. That's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, <laughs> um, so I started smoking weed because of jujitsu. Nice. <laughs> so, yeah, I didn't start smoking weed till I was 40. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm fifty. I'm fifty two now. Oh shit, you look good, man. So, you were like, oh, yeah, you look much younger. That's cool. No, you know what? I got that Dick Clark fucking thing. It's it's <laughs> like he looks young, he looks young, and then he just looks like shit. That's gonna be me. I mean, I'm pretty much already there. Um, yeah, I, 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 I DJ twice a month. I was a DJ for like twenty years. I DJ twice a month at this place downtown, and I haven't pulled one girl. Uh, we're talking about the DJ. I it's like they can smell it on me. They they can smell like the lack of testosterone. Um they can. It's pheromones, dude. They know it because I'm invisible. Like I now I know what fat people feel like. It's like I'm invisible. I cannot pull I tried for a year before I moved in with my girlfriend. I was like, okay, this I'm gonna pull a, a chick from here. I got this one fat girl and that didn't really count, but I didn't I didn't we didn't actually close the deal. But um yeah, so I started smoking weed for jujitsu because uh, do you remember? Oh, he he trained. He came here from Brazil and he trained under Drysdale. I want to say La Pena. He's a little short Brazilian guy, and he always looks so fucking tired. And I was like, "Why is this guy always tired?" And I realized he was high. And I realized everybody was high. And it's like the Matrix, you know. When I tell people about uh, smoking weed and doing jujitsu or anything. It's like, it's like the matrix. You can see everything in slow motion as everybody else. It's the best way I can describe it. Um, and then you're, you're relaxed. You're, you're out, you're relaxed. So you're not, so you're more open as opposed to being, you know, stuck on one kind of path. I have this thing that I used to do from top or bottom from north, south side control. I would do this head and arms from the top and then, or I, or I'd be from underneath and I would set up the dars just like all over the place because of just that head and arm, head and arm from the bottom, uh, like North, South or from the top. And, and so the thing was, is I got to see, it's like Hodge Gracie, he does that same thing. He passes your guard, mounts you X choke. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you can do one thing, I can't, 95% of people, if, um, 
I, I wrestled Gilbert Melendez in a, uh, I think it was Naga here um, years ago. And is when I first started doing it and he ended up Kimura, but I can get out of that Kimura. Like, I'm not worried about it. Um, but anyway, so we're smoking the weed. It made me, cause I got, my point with that was I got stuck on that move. Like right. I just would set it up from everywhere. Cause it's, it's there. And then I was like, all right, I got to start like experimenting other stuff. So smoking weed helps me like not stay on that one path and kind of kind of branch out and not be afraid to take chances. That's that's the point. You're calm and you're right not on. in your take chances. It's crazy because I just smoked and, and I'm drinking coffee and I feel like I'm on meth. I'm probably talking really fast. Um, <laughs> you're fine, but I understand. That's that's my favorite speedball. I, I was on that for like 10 years. It's just coffee and weed. It's weird, right? It gets you amp, but then you're like mellow at the same time. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is, is, is it's exactly the same thing for thoughts. Like when I'm looking for a word, like to alpha brain. Have you ever taken the alpha brain, Joe Rogan's alpha brain? Maybe once. Um, when, mm-hmm. Before yeah. I started, before I started doing comedy, I took it because I was a huge fanboy of Rogan. Um, was we can talk about that sure. and. Uh, <laughs> um, and then, so I took it, but I didn't really notice anything. And then it wasn't until I started doing comedy when I was like, oh, I got to remember these jokes. I got to remember, po- I got to, you know, be on point. Mm-hmm. And then that's when I noticed, oh, I'm taking the, the alpha brain. I'm sharper. Like if I need to grab a word, I grab it as opposed to getting stuck in slow motion. And it's the same thing with weed and like, you know, doing podcasts. Like right now, um, I think I'm talking too fast. I think I'm talking too much, but I'm not having trouble finding the words. Which seems to be happening more and more as I get older, which that's why I'm trying to read as much as I can to keep that brain well oiled. Well, no, man. I mean, you sound great to me. You sound like you're you're in your zone, and and uh, you know you definitely uh, mercurial, and you it's the god of communication, in other words. And so, uh, quick witted. You know, you definitely on stage. You have a great energy. You're, you're very uh, like. Uh, You've been performing for a long time, I take it, as a DJ and also a musician. You're a guitarist, you're a singer. Uh, I was um, born the son of a poor black sharecropper. Um, No, I uh, was an artist. I started out, I thought I was going to be an artist, like drawing and uh, every kid, I don't know, every kid that I knew was drawing dinosaurs and shit when they were growing up. And then I kind of got into that. Then I became a graffiti artist because I got into the whole hip hop. Yeah, I was we got that in common. Many, That's crazy. For, for many years. Dude, go look on my Facebook page under Old School Art because we're friends because oh, people who aren't my friends can't see it. Go look under Old School Art. You'll see all the pieces I did. And I used to go by Seldom Seen. Nice. Um, and uh, I did that for many years. And I thought I wanted to be an artist. And then I thought I wanted to be an actor. And then I realized before I, you know, the funny thing about social media is just letting us know what vapid fucking cunts these these celebrities are. My God, I wouldn't wish that life on anybody. They are the most empty, you know, most of them. But uh, I, I thought I wanted to be an actor and I did like some acting and some plays and shit. That was, uh, that was fun. But then I... Uh, I don't know, man. I, I look back at my life so far and I go, wow, you definitely have a pattern. You can't, you are fucking ADD and you're always, um, I remember I thought that was a bad thing, you know, jack of all trades sort of thing. And then I heard Tim Ferriss talk about how that's not bad and it's actually a good thing because Tim's the same way. 
like uh, you know Tim Ferriss, um, yeah, yeah, uh, for our yeah for our work week, he's the man. So jujitsu, uh, dancing, like he became a great. So just kind of like chunking these these I think that's what he calls it, chunking going to the best people in their field and like this is what you work on, and not so much ten thousand hours but quality of hours. And uh, so yeah, I was a graffiti artist. I was a then I in the whole hip hop culture. I started breaking with my brother. We, we were breaking like when it first came out. And um, then I kind of got into the dance world because of the break-in and I ended up doing shows here in Vegas dancing. And then I started like training, like I started dating this ballet dancer and I was doing the ballet and the jazz and I really got into the dancing part of it. And I started as a street dancer. It's crazy. I, I think of uh, that De Silva or Silva Like Water documentary that's been my whole life the path of least resistance and i've been almost like forrest gump like just happening in these cool you know uh areas these cool um fields of work which you know it's not work that's the point right and so i was a a dancer for many years here in vegas on the strip i did a bunch of shows i traveled i did shows out of the country and then about the early about the mid 90s i was dancing I started playing guitar seriously like about 18 then i did a show in bermuda and a, a dance show and then I, I just that was the year that i just was in my fucking room for hours all day until the show just playing guitar practicing practicing, practicing. so i wanted to so i started a couple bands in 95 and um i thought i wanted to be a rock star i loved writing music and performing and then I started DJing <laughs> and the DJ killed music for me. So I, was a, I knew the rock world. A friend of mine who's one of the best DJs ever, um, he was going to be the music uh, coordinator for the Palms. So this was 2000, 99, 2000. And I had a band going on at that time. And he said, look, man, you're not making any money with the band. Uh, you know the rock genre. George Maloof, the guy who just opened Palms, loves rock. There's a club at the top called Ghost Bar. We need a DJ who knows rock music. You don't even have to know how to DJ. Just play rock music. So then total happenstance, I mean, because I was in the hip-hop culture, that's how I knew rock. I became the DJ, the resident DJ at the Palms, just playing rock. And then I learned how to DJ and mix and scratch and all that stuff. And I did that for almost 20 years. Um, and that's what killed music for me because listening to music all the time, um, and then trying to write music, it just, and plus I was making fucking crazy money and it was like, oh yeah, I'm not making any money doing this starving artist thing. And, um, then I got into DJ and, and, and did that for years and years and years. And then I started doing stand up <laughs> 2014. I mean, so that's the thing. My point is, is I'm fucking all over the place. If you can't tell by me just talking here. Um, and that's the same way with my life. So, you know, I was, a, oh, and then at the same time, I was doing jujitsu with John Lewis in 95. So, yeah, I, I got a million things and um, uh, very few long lasting relationships because of it. Dude, that's dope, man. So you, so you're a very eclectic artist like myself, and you've been involved in a lot of different movements. And now you're doing comedy. You're touring with Sam Tripoli. You're touring with Eddie Bravo. So it's kind of like, you know, is that called? Is there like a name for the crew? Is, is I just saw something with Dojo, like Dojo Comedy. Is that like a comedy? Um, well, the so it's they they call. There's a place in Morris Plains, New Jersey. It's a restaurant, and then upstairs they have a stage and a and a nice room. 
Um, they called the comedy room the dojo of comedy. And he also had one out in LA before the shutdown uh, at this place called Sycamore Tavern. So he was trying to do kind of like, you know, with these bar owners or with these restaurant owners that also have a little showroom. Uh, and they were supposed to do another one. Before the shutdown, he was like trying to have them in different cities. So the one in, in New Jersey survived, Sycamore Tavern. Uh, I think that was on Sunset. Uh, that um, just, it was a great room and it shut down the whole establishment's gone like that. Yeah. You know, especially in LA, those idiots, just the biggest Sorry, group man. of sheep, bro. It's, it's, it's so sad. It's so sad. Yeah. Um, so, well, the tinfoil podcast, I've been on his, uh, shows many times doing that. And then on this podcast, Sam Tripoli mm-hmm. and so, but sometimes, you know, if I can do a date with him, I will. Uh, hopefully, I could do uh, San Francisco. There's one in San, there's one coming up in San Francisco. I hope I can get on as well. But um, I did this place in New Jersey a year ago with Sam in 21. And uh, the guy out there is great. Uh, Morris Plains, New Jersey. The place is called Tips for anybody wanting to come see Sam. And I will be there this weekend, the 15th and 16th. And uh, if this comes out by then. Um, yeah, I'm leaving tomorrow. So, um, yeah, and the guy, so even through the whole shutdown, uh, I actually have a part of my bit that I'm talking about where it's, you know, we weren't even doing open mics in LA and this guy was doing full on shows, you know, Roberto Duran style, no mask. That's, that's my punchline. Uh, <laughs> so, um, he was, uh, we, we went in the height of this shit at 21 there was no mask. No one was wearing a mask in New Jersey. They're kind of, they got some really silly rules out there. So I was surprised that he was able to get away with that. But um, yeah, it's a great spot. Highly recommend uh, supporting him. He's a, he's a truther. He's a, he's awake. He's not woke. And uh, he's, he's, he's catering to people who want to hear some fucking truth. Thank God. And, it's, and some fun. It's got to change, right? I mean, like you said, those sheep, the shit is dis- distressing. I, I went to comedy clubs and I'm seeing, I was in uh, Austin, Texas, even, and I'm seeing you got to wear a mask. This is the capital of Texas, you know, in comedy. When was that? When was that? This is a capital city comedy two months ago, three, well, more like three months ago. In Austin, you were, they were making you wear a mask. Yeah, I mean, I didn't go. I didn't fuck with that shit. Like, I when I was in Atlanta, even like the well, not the punchline, but uh, they got one that David Cross owns, uh, Laughing Skull in Midtown Atlanta. And dude, I would go there for open mics and just listen to people. And I was, it was like ninety nine percent SJW horseshit. It wasn't even funny. It's just like Trump's bad. Am I right? And just for two hours, and, <laughs> and, and, you know, and yeah. it's just that's comedy now. That's what's happened to it. Yeah, yeah. And for what? Yeah, it's for, a bunch for of virus that they've never even proven fucking exist. And that's what, no offense to Joe, but it's like, fuck's sake, he had the power to literally stop this. You know, granted, they probably, I gotta be honest, you know, at that level, they'll fucking try to kill you too. So it's yeah. a weird place. Yeah. To be. I tell Sam that, I tell Sam that all the time. I, I go, because we were hanging out, I was hanging out with him, uh, Sam and Joe Rogan, and a couple other comics in the green room at the comedy store. And, uh, I remember thinking, yeah, I don't want to be anywhere around this guy, dude, because <laughs> because they assassinate guys like him, man. And and I mean, Sam too. I mean, they're already the way they screw with Sam. But if Sam had the platform that Rogan has, they would probably have taken him out. 
Um, I, I told Sam, I go, man, I, I'm not getting on any planes with you. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not like, like yeah, yeah dude, they, they take out sniffing dogs with you. you Got to train those. They pitbulls. take out people. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Sam has to worry about that. But, but the platform like Rogan, man, yeah. like yeah, that especially when he was going hard against the COVID narrative with uh, McCullen was that his name and uh, and Malone and what's the other guy who was with him? Uh, 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 it was like Macaulay or something. It was an Irish dude. But yeah, when he went and had those guys on and they were just dropping the knowledge and then the way that Sanjay Gupta just backtracked, backpedaled and tried it and just made an ass of, ass of himself. I mean, like that's going against, that's going against the state right there. The, the, the deep state, like you, yeah. Yeah, they don't yeah, be fair. That's why. And so, you know, to, to be fair, I wouldn't want to be in Joe's position. You know, I wouldn't want to be, have to look, you know, double check and double que and question everyone around me at all times. That'll drive me yeah. crazy. But at the same time, I kind of, I'm glad to see that he would let Eddie on the show. I always kind of figured out, okay, you know, Eddie's the, Eddie's like Joe's uh, twin in a way, in a good mm -hmm. way. Because he can say all the things Joe's not allowed to, so Joe lets him on the mm -hmm. show, and he says what we all need to mm -hmm. hear. So if you have a brain and you're still independent, you can look up, oh, what's Building 7? You know, and then Brian, yeah. Kalen, Brian Kalen comes in, and he, he like, assures all the, the normies that everything's okay, you know, and his dad's a huge banker, apparently. So it's like, it's a weird shit show, but uh, <laughs> that's America right now. And at least we have an independent media kind of uh, foundation from which to get other ideas out there even though of course if you're on youtube you get kicked right the fuck off yeah if you say yeah. anything about covid if you say anything questioning it so it's you got to give them credit the way they trapped everyone but uh that's where the the balls the fucking balls on these people it's well because no one's held accountable i mean literally i did a joke about the one of the last jokes i posted about a rage against the machine just when you think it couldn't get any dumber, it do. Oh, it do. Right now, there are people who paid $500 or more per ticket to see the band call Rage Against the Machine. But first, they had to be vaxxed up, masked up before they were allowed to sing, Fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. Fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. Unless, of course, there's a virus with a 99.8% survival rate, in which case, shut up and do what you're told. Shilling in the name of... How uh, people rage on behalf of the machine. And I said, before you go to a rage concert, you have to be vaxxed up, masked up, before you're allowed to sing, fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. <laughs> and they put a COVID label underneath my thing, I guess because I wrote vaxxed. And it's like the nerve of these people to try to fact check, try to fact check anybody when for two years straight, everything they said, the truth was the opposite. Yeah. I mean, they went from, they went from people are going to, and Sam brings up this point, those videos in early March and February of people in China falling over on the street. And it's like, yeah, that's when they were probably practicing trying out the vax because nobody did that. Nobody was falling over dying. And it went from, death 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 and destruction millions what do they say like two percent of the population was is going to be dead fauci and his fucking keyboard wisdom they all these people are going to fucking be dead then it went for then when the death rate dropped i think it was like 84 percent in the first like by february or april 
Then it went pivoted from death, death, death to cases, cases, cases. Oh, and by the way, 95% false positives with this fucking PCR test that the guy who invented it, Mm -hmm. you can't use for it. And then they were testing it at 40 cycles for Trump. And then they brought it down to 30 or 35 for Biden. Oh, and by the way, 95% false positives. And so everything they say is for bullshit. But you you say, but you call them out, fat check, banned, whatever. Then they were going to use a new test because they're 95, 95% false positive. Then everybody who died was four or more comorbidities. Oh, and the average age was 81 and the average lifespan was less than that. I mean, every step of the fucking way they've been lying and people are still believing this shit. It's the ultimate Lucy with the fucking fo- football. I mean, it's not, it's not, it's not domestic violence. It's like, you know, first time he hits me, shame on him. Second time, shame on me. I mean, these guys are working on 20, 30 times black eyes and fat lips from the government. And I mean, I had this argument with this guy at the gym uh, in the sauna and he goes and he, and he was talking about the, he was talking about the January 6th uh, insurrection. I go, I, uh, I go, I said, yeah, you know, my favorite part about the deadly insurrection was when they stayed inside the velvet rope. What the fuck are you talking about, man? I mean, these people were let in. There's video of it. Three three billion dollars worth of damage, uh, two years from BLM and Antifa, and and by the way, storming buildings and throwing Molotov cocktails into pop cars yeah. and storming, uh, you know, uh, Capitol buildings all across the country. And but yeah, let's worry about these guys. Yeah, let's worry about these guys who again stayed inside the velvet ropes and you know, for the deadly insurrection. I, so I can get into this with this guy in the, in the sauna at the gym. And I go, bro, you need to stop watching fucking CNN. Because, yeah. how, and I told him, how many times do you have to be lied to by your government before you stop fucking listening? NPC sheep. We are surrounded by NPC sheep. The dumb are out fucking breeding. The people with critical thinking. That's what's happening. And it's fucking infuriating. But again, this is not all of this is not this is the squeaky wheel. There's they're the minority, but they would have you believe in the the corporate press would have you believe that they're the majority. No, no, no. There's more of us, and but they're just the loudest. That's right. I mean, that's a great rant. You summed it up totally. Like I, I got an old buddy who I met through graffiti actually, and he's he's talking shit. He's like, dude, Trump's going down. I'm watching all the J6 trials. Everyone's testifying against him. <laughs> And, and it's just like, what are you talking about, bro? Like you said, inside the velvet ropes, uh, they just had a confidential informant exonerate totally the Proud Boy, saying actually they're telling people yeah. to pick up trash and you know yeah. be violent. Yeah. And then of course, you know, uh, you've got these these FBI plants that are just glowing. Everybody knows they're a fucking plant, and they're calling them out in the moment. And people have been sitting in jail. Yeah, they're for not a year with us. They're not with us. Yes, the they're not with us. They're not yeah. with us. When people when people talk that shit about the Proud Boys, I mean, my first question is, okay, how do you explain the black fucking president? How do you explain the gays and all the minorities? And this is my joke. There's more minorities in the Proud Boys than there are in Antifa. Okay. Um, the, and then the the fun, the thing was, oh, where were you January 6th? I remember where I was January 6th. I was in LA. I was sober and I was pissed off at BLM for burning down all the neighborhoods with the best weed. Um, that's where we're fucking at today. These fucking, the hypocrisy is just unreal. Yeah. Unreal. 
It's true, man. It's it's something like it's the mass formation psychosis, and this is the type of stuff that MK Ultra was working out, torturing people, yeah. drugging people, figuring out okay, how do we break people? How do we break them in mass? How do we get them to just keep believing our bullshit no matter what? And so at this point, yeah, we've been trained like uh, animals to be totally subservient to wizards, and that's where you know yeah. I put I put a lot of hope and stock in the Q movement. And I know that's like. Look, I can't talk about Q on YouTube, so I won't, you know, so I'll cut this part out because they'll take down my fucking channel. They'll say, fuck you and fuck your 10 years of work. They're total fucking tyrants. But because they, they look like Steve Jobs, people give them a pass. And it's like, dude, these, these are no different than the, the Nazis that you proclaim you want to punch in the face. They just wear yeah. smart guy glasses, you know. They're just oh, yeah. in a latte while they tell you how they're going to kill you to your face, like uh, Yuval Noah. I, again, I think that the biggest question, in, in, maybe in economics and politics of the coming decades, will be what to do with all these useless people. The problem is more uh, boredom and how, what to do with them and how will they find some sense of meaning in life when they are basically meaningless, worthless. My best guess at present is a combination of drugs and computer games. This guy, he's telling everyone they're going to basically be uh, broken and useless because they're, they don't assimilate to the Borg. And uh, yeah, I, I'm glad to meet you. I'm glad to see Eddie and Sam doing their thing and just, just being real people because comedy is one of the last outlets where you can just say what you want to say. It's the last place you could be a true mm -hmm. American. And, uh, you know, it was sad to see Joe kind of have to toe the line and have all these shills on his show and, you know, yeah. ruffle back and forth. One day he gets it with climate change. The next he's yelling at Candace Owens because she has a different opinion. But, you know, that was that was I was really disappointed in that. It was like, she's the good guy. She's the good guy, Sam. <laughs> she's the good guy. I'm not Sam. Joe. Yeah, that was really I was really kind of pissed the way he went at her like that. Yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate. And you know, she's got it's like I'm I'm like you, man. I'm at the point where I like I don't put anybody on a pedestal anymore. I've been so disappointed. Like mm -hmm. and all mm -hmm. the guys my age that we came up kind of, you know, the UFC kind of gave people a final place to have a ritual for truth. Because it's like you can talk whatever shit you want, but you know, back it up with something. And then mm -hmm. of course you got steroid cheats in the UFC and now they're all wearing masks too. I do respect Adesanya because <laughs> Adesanya's like, hey, where are the where's the client list for Ghislaine Maxwell? Yeah, yeah. So he's like last of a yeah. kind breed. But the UFC, they sold out to, what is it, one of these huge conglomerates where now they bring in all these celebrities and it's just, it's really too shiny now. And I, I kind of yeah, yeah. miss the days of, of pride, you know? Well, yeah, after, yeah, after the Fertitta sold it, you know, everything, just like what you're saying, everything goes corporate, everything gets kind of ruined. You know, I haven't even, I haven't even been paying attention to UFC. It's been, it's, I mean, I used to pay attention, but I don't even know any of the fighters now. Uh, I mean, Adesanya, I, I know, I recognize that name, but I don't, uh, yeah, I haven't watched, I haven't paid attention in a long time. Same here. Yeah, it's it's too safe, you know, and all the outliers, like the people that are, you know, sleeping in their cars, training all the time. Like, uh, what was the guy? Was he, he's a middleweight champion, Evan Tanner. When he died, it kind of felt like, yeah, yeah he was like a, one of the last, like, mystics in martial arts that was starting to have, like, very spiritual epiphanies and, you could you could rack it up the head trauma. And he too, fucking right? died. He overheated in uh, was it like Death Valley or something yeah. here in here in Vegas or in Nevada. Yeah, yeah I used to see him driving around in his Jeep. Man, that's that's a sad story. But this whole thing about this whole thing about uh, about the elites and 
you were talking about the list of uh, Epstein's Island and like, it's, it's God, it's just one psyop distraction after the other. I mean, this whole thing with, you think anything gets out that they don't want to get out with this whole Hunter Biden thing? All right, we already knew he was a crackhead. We already knew. I mean, can you imagine if any of the Trump family was by was Hunter Biden? Can you imagine the the? the I don't know if you if you've been paying attention, but Biden called uh, his dad Pedo Pete because he used to use this uh, alias from like one of these uh, spy movies was Pete something Pete Henderson or something. So Biden had him in his phone under Pedo Pete, yeah. and he, so that all these all this stuff. Oh yeah, someone hacked. Hunter Biden's iCloud all of a sudden, right at the same time when this guy's trying to pass the worst gun legislation since the 94 crime bill that he brags about, by the way, and the fucking money, they're giving more money to Ukraine and the inflation. Yeah, let's worry about Hunter Biden, this crackhead fucking son, and not what this fucking administration is doing to the country right now. Yeah. I mean, it's it's all, and people just like a fucking cat with a laser pointer. Oh, look at it over there. Oh, look at it over there. Instead of what the fuck is happening right in front of your face. With the gas prices, with the inflation of them printing money out of nowhere, there are still people fucking holding water for this fucking people. These are the NPCs. These are the sheep. These are the people that are bred to be in cubicles, worker bees, without with a, a ceiling for how far they can fucking think for themselves. It's yes. infuriating. That's the brave new world. Have you ever read Aldous Huxley's Brave New World? It yeah. was it was a manifesto disguised as as dystopic science fiction, and so Joseph Atwell I just had on he's got a book coming out where he lays it clear, lays it all out there so people can understand. Yes, Aldous Huxley created MK Ultra. This was exposed by Jan Irvin, Gnostic Media, with uh, Robert Forte and Hans Utter, Joseph Atwell, Steve Altram. Like they had an incredible research collective. And they blew it all up and they had an exhaustive uh, sourcing and, and rhetoric and they exposed the operation and it's still ongoing. So that's where Rogan misses me, too, because he's he's basically like, hey, guys, let's all like smoke DMT and do join ayahuasca cults. And it's like, hey, hey, slow down. You know, not not everything that glitters is gold. Uh, there's a dark side to this rainbow that you're telling everybody to jump on. And it's the CIA. It's the CIA wanting to get inside of your head. It's it's getting people. Wow. Yeah, it's trying to break people and put them on a path where they're just going to be kind of like uh, bliss ninnies, you know, ineffective. They're going to be, you know, Rian would say it. And Jan's got his own issues, too. He essentially he accuses everyone who's ever worked with him of being a CIA agent. So it's like it sucks that one of the guys that helped promote a lot of this understanding is also like the worst representative for it. So I can. See, <laughs> yeah, he just definitely caved into his own, you know, ego there. But the research is solid. Uh, Joe Atwill uh, just did a presentation with him where he's exposing how British Freemasonry created theosophy, which became the fount for the metaphysics that informed Hitler. And so Hitler had a handler. Mm. You know, and Hitler, like you mm. said, we were talking the other day, you know, he was a clandestine Rothschild, most likely. So these yeah. lines, they're fucking ruling everything. But the only, you know, I've been an activist since 2001, September 11th, you know. And my dad, you know, he almost died in Vietnam, and I saw PTSD up close and personal. And I understand what they've been doing to our men, you know, getting us to fight in these banker wars of conquest. Oh, yeah. 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 And so, population control. Isn't that part of their population control? Like, yeah, yeah every every hundred, what is it, how many years they say an empire lasts? Is it 250 or 350? Um, 
every cycle get these young men to go and kill all your kill all your men who are going to procreate. I mean, geez, brilliant. What a brilliant way to get rid of fucking people. Have and, and then make them be proud of going and killing themselves for a bunch of bankers, for a bunch of fucking pedophile Marxist fucking <laughs> Yeah. You know inbred lizard people. Lizard yeah, people, yeah. Yeah. It's and it's literally true. And like, you know, when you look into Satanism, you look into uh the this whole thing with transgenderism and all and Luciferianism, it goes back to Baphomet. And so I've got yeah. some good articles on my site for anyone who's interested. If you want to kind of understand, you know, you know what is martial arts. You have to know yourself and your enemy. If you only know yourself, you're you're lucky if you win half the time. And our enemy yeah. is into some really dark shit. But you know, we can use jujitsu logic and we can overcome them. And uh, the Q movement, you know, it's been shat on more than any movement ever. More than 9/11 Truth. I was there with 9/11 Truth, seeing how they disparage. They always they have to disparage completely and mock anyone who actually yeah. shine a light on them. And so yeah. what Q has done is it's created a back channel and it's got mathematics, statistical improbability of coincidence that shows you, look, this is real. So if you got Trump, you know, they on the boards, they said, hey, if this is legitimate, tell Donald Trump to put tip top in his next speech. Next thing he's on the fucking uh, the uh, awning outside of the Oval Office giving a speech and there's an Easter bunny there. There's the white rabbit. And he's like, tippy top. Here we have another example of a subtle hint from the president on January 29th, 2018. An HN user asked Q if they'd be able to work the phrase tip top into the president's State of the Union address as a shout out to the board. This request was only made on the evening prior to the State of the Union. So, of course, that particular speech would have already been written and finalized. However, a few months later, in President Trump's Easter speech, he said this. Also, I want to thank the White House Historical Association and all of the people that worked so hard with Melania, with everybody, to keep this incredible house or building or whatever you want to call it, because there really is no name for it. It is special. And we keep it in tip-top shape. We call it sometimes tippy-top shape. And it's a great, great place. Q then posted that evening saying, it was requested. Did you listen today? And it's quite amusing that the president delivered this line whilst stood next to a white rabbit, helping make reference to the movie The Matrix, and the fact that Q observers have taken the red pill and are venturing down the rabbit hole, learning the truth about how certain aspects of the world have really been working all this time. But this particular rabbit wearing glasses is also a reference to Alice in Wonderland, or should I say Alice and Wonderland. As Q has mentioned Wonderland in several posts, dating back to November 2017. Then in mid-2018, a batch of Hillary Clinton emails were released via the Freedom of Information Act, and Anon found one email in which then-Secretary of State Hillary was addressed as Madam Alice, with the email signed Hatter. Q then shared this, asking, how could we know? So this validates Q as being an insider with high-level security clearance who had access to this information prior to it being declassified. And later that day, Q clarified the code that the deep state use, 
saying that Hillary equals Alice and Saudi Arabia is Wonderland. So it'll be interesting to see in time if it's revealed exactly what influence Saudi Arabia has had on US politics. It's certainly troubling to see such large donations to the Clinton Foundation by the Saudis. Donations which of course dried up as soon as she lost in 2016. As Q has pointed out, pay for play only works when you hold a position of power. And we also recently learnt that Jeffrey Epstein held a Saudi Arabian passport. Both he and his island have also been mentioned in Q-drops dating back to November 2017. So it makes you wonder what role he might have played in helping the behind-the-scenes puppet masters maintain control of the puppets that they have placed in public positions of power. So perhaps in time we'll discover just how deep this rabbit hole goes. And he's done this like 25 times where people are like, hey, work this into your next tweet. And he does it. Or plus, plus, plus. And, and see, see, this is the thing, though. You get kicked off of YouTube immediately. So I have to put this on Vimeo. And Vimeo, uh, they'll kick you off, too. Like, I, I have a friend that uploaded some controversial material and they deleted her account. So it's like, you know, it's oh. we're in the dark days of uh, censorship. And so... We really have to just be honest. Like, look, they're killing our family members. They're telling us they're going to inject our children with gene-modifying uh, poisons. So, like, no offense to Rogan. He's got his millions. You know, he's got his millions of listeners. He's got a cush life. You know, he can go and be an entertainer forever and ride off into the sunset. But we need, like, a new guard of people that can be honest. And I'm proud to see, actually, Sam has really taken up a lot of that slack. And so is Eddie. And uh, But, yeah, we got to protect them, too. And we also got to understand, like... It's not everyone's job to do everything. I don't expect Joe Rogan to save the world, you know, but I do expect people to hold each other accountable. And that's why I got involved with We Are Change back in the day, because, you know, people would go up with a camera in someone like Al Gore's face and tell him he's a liar over climate change. And this is before it really, you can see through the repetition, the endless repetition, the gaslighting, that's part of breaking people down too. And so when you call out these monsters though, it, it shatters that force field. So I'd love to see We Are Change pick back up. But yeah, you got to be careful. People get murked, man. It's like, it's... Yeah, if you, it's funny you bring up the Al Gore thing. I'm reading this book right now. Hmm. Where did I hear this? Uh, it's called The Moral Case for Fossil Fuels. Nice. And I, it's blowing me away. I, I'm, I'm about four, I don't know, a quarter of the way, but I keep going back and just reading over and over. Um, yeah, if there's any, I mean... If you were to, it's so crazy. We're we're in a day and age where that guy Yuri, that guy was he in the KGB was telling, oh, was talking God. about what they would do. You, yeah, you you can you can look, <laughs> here, look. You see this burning building, and they'll go, yeah, peaceful protest. I mean, this whole this whole war on objective truth. One of my friends, Trez, he knows a lot too. Uh, he go. I always see him going at it with people on Facebook. And I go, bro, you got to stop engaging these fucking idiots. That's like going into a bathroom and then like writing, someone writes on the, on the, on the wall, your mom's a whore. And you going, no, she's not. And scratching it into the fucking, what are you, what are you doing? You're wasting your time. And, and I told him this before, and this is my rule of thumb. And I said to Sam all the time, before someone comes up to me with their bullshit, I don't even argue on Facebook. I just, I snipe. I'm like pushing buttons and making them waste their whole fucking time writing badly spelled soliloquies underneath the fucking comment. 
So what I tell Sam and what I tell everybody, I go, before I get into any conversation with you, my first question is, how many genders are there? If there's any hesitation at all, I'm not talking to you. You're a fucking crazy person. This is a war on objectives. They've got, I mean, on objective truth. They've got people believing anything they fucking tell you. So uh, when, when, when back to the moral case for fossil fuels, I can't remember who was listening to uh, uh, the podcast was talking about this. I think it was Gavin. I think it was Gavin who talked about this. Every, every book Gavin talks about, go buy that book and get the hardcover because you can't have shit on your phone or the cloud because they're going to fucking, yeah. they were editing books, they're editing songs, like have the hard covers of your songs, and your CDs. Damn. It's crazy because if everything's digital, they can control it. So anyway, this book is fucking amazing. This, he, the first chapter and the first couple chapters, he talks, he just, hey, remember when they said by 1978, we'd be underwater. Remember when they said by this day, it's like the second coming of Christ. It's like, you know, people put up those billboards by this date, we get ready because Jesus is coming. I mean, I'm not shitting on the church because I grew up Christian, but these people with their Al Gore, these people with their predictions and then, oh, well, not this time, but next time. I mean, just that alone. Apocalyptic go, cult behavior, right? Yeah, this is that mass psychosis, you know, you were talking about. And it's like the, the fear, the fear, the fear. Uh, but if you give this much money and you take this much money out of your, you take this money, much money out of your taxes, we'll make this shit go away. And then the Obamas bought a fifteen million dollar mansion on the water. And it's like this is this get this book. How much fucking again? Like I was talking to that idiot at the gym. How many times do you have to be fucking lied to before you wake the fuck up? I mean, yeah, it's just don't engage. It's like one question: How many genders? Oh, oh, yeah, oh, bye. Get the fuck out of my face. You're retarded. I don't know what it takes, man. Maybe it's it's like when you're that brainwashed, you need you need something. And but the weird thing is that might be where people seek out psychedelics. And uh, you know, initially they weren't called psychedelics; they were called psychotomimetics or psychomimetics. So they mimicked psychosis. And so when they, what they do with MK, they want to make a, you a blank slate. So you may have heard of this technique uh -huh. called psychic driving, where they'd give people, you know, huge hits of acid and make them listen uh -huh. to headphones with just like 10 voices screaming at them, kind of mimicking something like schizophrenic demonic possession. And so and that's the trick. And then they then they get some bards, they get some uh, soothsayers to tell you, you know what, uh, you're a shaman now. And this is this is the high frequency existence of five dimensional understanding. And just just couch it in all kind of like a neuro linguistic marketing, and people then hypnotize themselves. And Huxley, absolutely, he was in on it, and so he's revered as this great sage, you know. And it's oh. disappointing. I, I you know, uh, it's really crazy to see people just lap it up and be like, "Well, he was warning us." It's like, no, dude, you got tricked into joining a cult. You know, you didn't used to wear tie, you didn't used to wear tie dye. You know, like you're you're. you're <laughs> You're different like the different people now. Trust me, I used to be there. And I worked Fucking in Fucking oil. <laughs> but that, ah, that stuff is the worst, bro. <laughs> it's probably laced with fucking estrogen. You know, it's so like bad. Anything to take manhood away, that's really what they're about yeah. to do. And all the pioneers, Terrence McKenna. Terrence McKenna was like, yeah, we need to have a more feminine future. And he was probably most likely a CIA agent. And a lot of people are in denial of that. And it's because it cuts right mm -hmm. to the core. And, uh, you know, I'm not, I don't want to like, I mean, I've already, people tell me I burn bridges. I'm like, no, when you're a truth seeker, you're going to offend people who don't want to deal with the fucking truth. 
And but I have a lot of people in my life that actually are not afraid to speak the truth. But guess what? They're not multimillionaire celebrities, so they don't have that uh, investment to protect necessarily. They they're just common people. Yeah, I was working on a joke about he said when you're a truth seeker, you're going to offend a lot of people who don't who can't handle the truth. And I posted a joke, and this guy said. I can't imagine you have a lot of friends. And I go, no, I don't. I, cause I want the parking lot at my funeral to be open to my real friends. Yeah. I don't want a bunch of fucking people there that are just virtue signaling or there to promote their show. You know, <laughs> I want, I want people at my funeral. Like, yeah, there's, there's going to be a lot of parking at my, at my funeral because there's a, there's a, I don't want a bunch of sheep bunch of people that you know that are that are that are that, are re that aren't real that aren't living in reality I, my true friends which is a handful of people will be there and i that's why i said i want i want there to be plenty of parking at my funeral for my real friends um the uh nice i got I, yeah the, yeah I, I so oh this is where we're at the joke was I saw that video it's going around right now this black girl she gets on this stage i guess she's auditioning for something and she pours alcohol rubbing alcohol yeah, on her you saw that and then yeah. she does a split and then she sets it on fire and immediately starts burning <laughs> and you're like what the fuck did you think was gonna happen and i wrote oh i posted that yeah. I, oh, I posted your, that. Uh, your oh, video on. just cut out there yeah because someone just called me actually so whatever um so what I posted, I posted that video and then over top, I said, when Obamacare doesn't cover syphilis <laughs> and this guy, this guy goes, that's right. I go, where, anywhere in this post, did I say anything about race? Yes. You came in and you said, you call it racist because it was a black girl. If that was a white girl, maybe it wouldn't have been syphilis. Maybe it would have been HPV. But if I was, <laughs> if, if, Racist would have been sickle cell, but even that's not, you know, yeah, right. everybody Babies, gets sickle cell. You know, cola, yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, fucking lighten the, I mean, we're literally in a time where it just goes without saying, you just say the word black, you say anything racial at all, then you're a racist. And to, to my, I had gotten to this argument with this comic about this. Uh, I was like, okay, so then you need to be doing more rape jokes because if you're, uh, oh, he, he called someone anti-gay because they made a gay joke. And I go, well, then you need to be doing a lot of rape jokes, you know, because that means you're anti-rape. I mean, what kind, What are we doing here? Yeah. We, we're, we're, we're in upside-down fucking la-la land. I mean, this is, I, that's a great shirt I keep seeing. Topsy I mean, turvy. make Orwell, make Orwell fiction again. I mean, yeah. it's, this is, we're, we're on the verge. We're on the cusp of fucking communism. We're there. We're you know fucking what, you know what it's going to take when they finally like hang Barack and Michelle for treason and, and Michelle Manchel's dick falls out. Then I think that'll. Bring yes. Out, yes. You know? Ari Shafir well, said this years ago. Yeah. Ari Shafir <laughs> said this years ago. He goes, nothing is going to change unless there is blood, unless someone is held accountable, unless we do a fucking town square, Pinochet fucking helicopter rides for all these traitors in our government. All of them. All of them. Yeah. Absolutely. You well, you know. Lawn? To, yeah, sorry. I'm uh, in an apartment right. complex. Right. I should go yell at them. 
Hey, motherfucker, I'm on the phone with Tino Sanchez. Do you understand who this man is? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, uh, yeah, dude. I mean, same with Bill Gates. Like, they need to wedge you that nerd to death, man. There needs to be, like, a special pair of underwear. <laughs> they need, you know? they need like, to that... wedge you to death. Dude, that's funny. <laughs> that's you, fucking funny. <laughs> I mean, that's what he that's deserves. funny. Right? Or just inject him with all the needles. Like make him a like a sea urchin, like just stab him up. Yeah, yeah. Him, him and Fauci, him. bro. Oh yeah, dude, Fauci has got Doctor Death from the fucking eighties with AIDS. I mean, <laughs> how is this little fucking Peter Elf still walking around? Well, they say somebody needs one day they won't. They they say they won't be able to walk down the street. It's happening in Sri Lanka. It's happened in. Uh, oh, it's in happening. Asia. It's happening. So yeah. It's like, yeah, it's a weird operation, and you know the the proofs are there. But man, I I mean, I had people run away screaming, didn't want to hear that shit. People that like pride themselves on being intelligent and 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 uh, clear thinkers and you know critical thinkers, and they're like, get it away from me, get it away, because it's like it undermines too much of what they hold dear, or or yeah. it well, it just it means yeah. it may it means they've been fooled and they're too smart to have been duped and it's because you're so smart by learning fucking words in a book parroting what they moving every time they ring a bell to your next fucking cubicle i mean you're 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 born fucking sheep and it turns out that all the all the uh shit stirrers all the class clowns mm -hmm. all the people who couldn't conform in school those are the people you want to be those are the people you want to know those are the people you want to hang out with i was the guy that was constantly getting sit in the corner in my sixth grade in sixth grade my teacher just put my desk in the corner <laughs> and, and, and you know instead of like standing you in the corner that instead of just instead of standing me in the corner my teacher put my desk in the corner and i thought it was the coolest fucking shit ever because like she had her desk over against the wall and i looked like i was like someone special and i had like this cool little area i was hanging fucking shit on the wall and like they they saw it as a punishment i thought it was fucking cool so all those shit stores all those people who who who, who can't sit still in fucking school those are the fucking prophets those are the, i'm not calling myself a prophet those are the people those are the free thinkers those are the critical thinkers those are the people who you want to fucking listen to and follow because it ain't going to be the fucking guy at the front of the class reciting a bunch of shit from fucking Marxist fucking bullshit uh, yeah. literature. Dude, totally. That's hilarious. I love I love that image of you just kind of quarantined from the rest of the class, but loving it. You know, you're like set up like a CEO. <laughs> I thought it was cool. I did. My desk was in the corner. Miss Roy put me in the corner. Miss Roy. Miss <laughs> Roy. Oh, God. Yeah. It, well, the public indoctrination through public education is part of it. And so, you know, now more than yeah. ever, people are homeschooling because yeah. it's like, what are you going to do? You're going to send your kid to school to wear a mask? So they're not able yeah. to breathe fresh air. They're still developing. They're getting maskne, you know, poisonous oh, yeah. lesions all over their young yeah. faces. Yeah. And they're like, no, it's to protect them from this virus. It's so fucking weird, man. The TV is too powerful. So what... So let's see. We got we covered a lot of ground here. Um, the Shill song, I love that. Oh um, yeah. So there's an old old school um, schoolhouse rock. It used to come on Saturday mornings. I don't know. It still might. And and there was Conjunction Junction. What's your function? It was a cartoons. And then um, 
I'm just a bill. Yes, I'm only a bill. I'm sitting here on Capitol Hill. These were all like 80s kids um, would remember this shit. And I did one about Joe Biden. Oh, I'm just a shill. I got a license to feel. Feel up little girls on Capitol Hill. Chris Hansen won't stop me. Give up your fucking rookie. While I smell these tweens and break they fortune cookies. And you know I'll steal your votes again. My diaper is full, change it, Jill. All your jobs I will kill. I'm a shill. Oh, I'm just a shill. Yes, I'm only a shill. Yes, I'm China's bitch on Capitol Hill. Your little girls are fine, so fine. There's no need to worry. It's just truth or dare and wine at my weekend at Bernie's. And you know I'll steal those votes all day. My diaper is full, change it, Jill. Middle class, I will kill. I'm a shill. Yes, son. How does a show work? Well, that's easy, son. First, people get really scared. Then they beg politicians to keep them safe. Next, corporate lobbyists hire shills to grant themselves special privileges, stifle market entry, create monopolies, and all the economic problems created by a show are blamed on the free market. You know the thing. Oh, I'm just a shill, putting black folks in jail. Since I wrote that 94 crime bill. Me love you long, long time, as long as you're a minor. So mature for nine, let me sniff on that vagina. And you know I'll steal your votes all day. My pockets are full, Ukraine deals. China's own Kim Jong-il, I'm a shill. And that video I posted, I sent it to you. I don't have the video, but I have the audio, and I just put that picture of Joe Biden. <laughs> yeah. In his in his natural in his natural state, and I just and, yeah called him uh, call it shill. I'm Mr. Shill. Oh, I'm just a shill. Um, China's bitch on Capitol Hill. Um, that's fun. That's that's a that's a fun one to do in front of patriots. And then um, last night I just had a show. Wait, no, no Monday I had a show. Where I ran the set that I'm going to be doing this weekend in New Jersey, and uh, I get knocked up, which is talking about, um, you know, and what everyone's talking about now. A lot of people know Margaret Sanger because she founded Planned Parenthood as a eugenics program to protect the Democrat Party's belief in a superior white race by eradicating black Americans, to quote her, life unworthy of life. But what a lot of people do not know about Margaret Sager is she just happened to dabble in singer-songwriting. And here is one of her songs. Margaret sang it so you can bang it then just simply abort. I get knocked up, I suck it out again. The father is way too brown. I get knocked up, I call the porky in. These babies just bring me down. I get knocked up. Suck it out again. The baby is way too brown. I get knocked up. I call the porky 
gets in the way. She drinks a whiskey drink, she drinks a vodka drink. She takes a jello shot, she's just a dirty thought. Won't let a fetus ever ruin her good time. There ain't a penis around that she don't like. is I lead it off with Margaret Sanger, you know, founded Planned Parenthood uh, as a eugenics program to protect the Democrat Party's belief in a superior white race by eradicating Black Americans. Her One of her famous quotes is, life unworthy of life. And then I go into this, I get knocked up, I terminate again. The father is way too brown. So it's like, it's not racist. I'm just, I'm just the messenger. Hey, this is what you guys on the left are championing. This is what you're with all your Ukraine banners in your fucking profiles. Meanwhile, you can't get a fucking abortion in Ukraine and they don't allow gay marriage. But yeah, by all means, shilling in the name of. Yeah, um, completely logically so, inconsistent. There's just no. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's all, it's and that it's so empty. So, you know, you're, you yeah. and, and Sam and Eddie, you guys are kind of like last of a dying breed, you know? Like there's there's so many comics that have just, given up trying to hold any type of line on on anything you know and and it's yeah. like you get you can't get yeah. booked in clubs like what they did to owen benjamin you know they're shutting down his yeah. ability to they wanted to book an yeah. airbnb to do private events and airbnb is like well your your husband questioned the holocaust you know the the holy grail of leftism you can never question anything to do with jewish people I, my mom is a german jew you know so so I'm by blood, whatever the fuck that means. I don't buy into any of that horse shit. But I was never raised Jewish. I've never, you know, I don't speak Yiddish, Hebrew. Uh, I do study the Kabbalah, trying to understand what these fuckers are up to. But I don't buy mm -hmm. any of this superior horse shit at all. And uh, to see how people get shut down from question the Holocaust, and you look into it, and you're like, oh, no wonder they're panicking because it's so obviously an op, you know, you, you, and and. You had something like 20 million, uh, was it Ukrainians? I want to say 20 million Ukrainians starved to death in the Holodomor, which is a real Holocaust. And then the 6 million figures actually been redacted. You've got people like David Irving and, and uh, others who, they get arrested. In Europe, you're, you get arrested if you question it. So it's like, what other event in human history are you not allowed to question? You get arrested. That's um, I have a book by Solzhenitsyn I'd like to get to. Um. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it's yeah, it's uh, 200 years together. Uh, last year, a couple started translating it into English, and they put it online. Um, yeah, I included all the chapters that they translated so far. Um, as a Jewish American, I think this book is very important for everyone to read. Um, yeah. So you know, uh, uh, in the book, Solzhenitsyn documents the overrepresentation over of Jewish individuals in the NKVD and in Bolshevik leadership. He claims that the ethnic hatred these individuals had for Christians played a role in the Holodomor. Jewish individuals 
that faced persecution in Ukraine prior to the Bolsheviks' rise to power. These individuals exacted their revenge on the Christian Ukrainian population. The result was the death of four million Christians. The line of good and evil cuts through the heart of every human. One cannot simply say a given ethnic group is evil. Every individual must struggle with the good and the evil in their own hearts. That being said, it is important to understand what motivates groups to commit atrocities against other groups, because the previous century has been filled with groups killing other groups. Like the Bolsheviks, Jewish individuals are overrepresented in the ownership and senior staffing. Yeah, yeah, I've got a question. It'll take one second. You know, like, so just like the Bolsheviks, Jewish individuals are overrepresented in the ownership and senior staffing of the U.S. news media. The news media also uh, is inexplicably hostile towards Russia. If the current warmongering against Russian Christians is in any way motivated by the same ethnic hatred that motivated the Holodomar, we must face that truth honestly. So here's my question. Yeah, yeah. If Jewish individuals hated Christian Ukrainians enough to starve millions of them to death, could the same thing happen today? Could Jewish individuals use the position of power to seek out revenge against places like Europe and Russia that have a history of expelling Jews. Thank you again for your work. Just uh, remember rule nine, you know, it's like, uh, <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe there's something here that, that you don't know about, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I am trying to just speak the truth. Okay. 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 You know, That's okay. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. Because it, 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 yeah, the fact that, I mean, we're talking about radical Islam. That, that's where this is going. I mean, where, where, I mean, uh, I can't remember who it was. It says um, Canada is a dystop uh, dystopian time machine of what um, America will be like in five years. Wow. Um, but, you know, good luck with the guns. That, I don't think it's going to happen. I was reading this thing last month, last three months, record sale gun, record-breaking gun sales. I mean, good luck with getting with that. That's going to be a civil war. I, I don't think that's going to happen. There's way too many fucking guns. I just bought a new gun. Nice. My Walther PPK, hey. PPQ. Um, that's a beautiful weapon there. Yeah. Accurate gun. Um, but, uh, yeah, these... Uh, they're, they're, we're under you, we don't have free speech I mean we're doing this you can't post what we're talking about on YouTube you can't post it on Facebook I mean I have a site that uh, a, a non-profit page that I do it had 330,000 followers and then ever since I started talking about what I was talking that thing has they've just crushed me they crushed me and this is me trying to help dogs trying to help pit bulls it's got nothing to do with politics but you can't they, once you're on their radar and I don't even have like a huge following. It's like, I can, you know, it's like, they don't let you like, okay, before oh, yeah. you get to the Rogan point, before you get to even Sam, they keep fucking dinging him and kicking his Instagram pages off and Facebook pages. And it's, it's, we are this close. If we thank God we have the second amendment because our first, our first amendment is just, there's no more.
I mean, you can't fucking talk against the deep state. You can't. You, no one's going to hear you. They're not going to let people hear you. You have to go to alternative channels like Telegram, uh, Gab. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's see, True Social is out there. The, the Q operation yeah. is legitimate, and it is happening. And the brilliance of it is that it actually has avoided civil war. Because now Antifa, like, so for instance, they just put this, this uh, film out called 2000 Mules, and it documents yeah. the cell phone uh, records of all of these mules yeah. going to DNC headquarters, picking up these ballots, uh -huh. stuffing them. They're all busted. Yeah. And the same with Antifa. Yeah. And I don't know if you've ever seen, they, they showed this, it's kind of like a lot of the traps they set for us to dominate us are, are, are boomeranging back in their faces and exploding. And one of them is with the Boston bombing, they were showing people the crowd footage and that you know they they zoomed in with the like pexabyte i don't know what the, the yeah term is. yeah so you yeah. can see everyone's yeah. face facial recognition so there's no if you're in public at all they know you're on the map minority report style well in this case it's gone against the bad guys so all these antifa fuckers that are really they're they're a feat they're worthless they always get stomped out by proud boys or any real american because they don't have the moral higher ground they're all on the map now and they know it. So you notice in Roe v. Wade, where are the, where's BLM now? No more burnings, right? No more rioting. Oh, yeah. If this had happened under Trump, it would yeah. have been, they would have burned down everything. But they can't do it anymore. Yeah. And those people know that they're, they're fucking being watched. So well, right, because it's 2,000 mules. What was oh, great yeah. about 2,000 mules was um, the video at like 2, 3 in the morning, stuffing the, stat, the, ballot, the ballot boxes. And then they get a fingerprint and they bust that person. And then the very next day, gloves, wearing gloves, they're stuffing the ballot boxes. After they stuff the ballot boxes, after they take a picture, they take off their gloves and throw them in the garbage. I mean, there is no, again, but you can't have this argument with people who think there's more than two genders. There is more evidence. I mean, the fact that the people that screamed, the red, the, Fucking the dumb bitch wrote a book about it. Hillary Clinton for four fucking years screamed about how the election was stolen. And then to have the balls, the nerve to say, oh, you can't question the fucking 2020 election. election. What did you just do for the last four years? Right. I mean, the hypocrisy, the inconsistency, just like you said, it's like it's uh, it's unbelievable. But then Gavin said this. He goes, it doesn't. It, he goes, you can't argue with these people. He goes, it, it, they don't care that they're inconsistent. They don't care that they've been shown how they're full of shit. They, it's all emotion. There's no, it's, it's go plow forward. The, the Russia, Russia, Russia shit was debunked. The fucking racist, they're, they're only sending rapists. Everything they said about Trump has been debunked. And by the way, is what fucking Biden has been doing for the last 40 fucking years. Yeah. I mean, we, we are in a fucking weird, a crazy time, man. And if people don't stand up, if something, if there's, if there's no one's held accountable, nothing's going to change, man. That's right. And, you know, Shit, um, I keep going on these rants. Sorry. No, no, these rants are great. I do want to talk a little bit more about your comedy. So like we have a lot of the same, yeah. same, same <laughs> but you know, these days, conspiracy culture, comedy culture. I mean, I'm probably preaching. I'm probably preaching to the choir right now. Everybody that you know is probably like, yeah, okay. Tell us something we don't know. Ah, you'd be surprised, yeah. you know, it's like, I'm, I'm like you, man, I'm an outlier and I don't, I don't like boundaries that are artificial. So I don't like being told, oh, you got to think this way if you want to get along with this group. And, you know, I managed to get yeah. a guy that was an outlier, a global audience uh -huh. with no fucking budget. And I, and it's, so it's like, I think there's, there's nice. Mad, yeah, you know, it's like when you believe in something, you, you know, 
it, it changes reality somehow. It's like we have that power. Yeah. I guess in quantum uh-huh. physics, they describe it as like being able to collapse the waveform of probability because everything's made out of basically vibratory patterns of, of light crystallized in different dimensions. And so we're, we're this weird holographic computer that reflects and refracts back into the all, our perception. And so as you gain control of your perception, you change reality. Uh, the, pro- the, the bad part about that is people can get collapsed into like a black hole of like groupthink. And we're seeing that with yeah. this, this mass Stockholm syndrome. But yeah. this is the bottleneck that happens periodically. And it's like, it's like the, the apocalyptic uh, archetype where, you know, you have like a rapture, so to speak. <clears throat> weak men, weak men, weak men make hard times. That's where we're at. Um, yeah, let's talk about the comedy. I need to, the freedom, I'm so pissed. I'm so pissed right now because right now Freedom Fest is about to start here in Vegas. Yeah. James O'Keefe, Veritas, uh, Dave Smith's going to be here. Um, Spike Cohen, like a bunch of libertarians. It's going to be amazing. And I'm in fucking New Jersey with Seth. And I'm like, you know, it's like this, this shit on the same. I'm, I'm so pissed. I wish I could Next be here with a friend of mine named Yoshi. Playing that. Well, that's the thing. It's like if I can get in with this group, I mean. You'd be a great Veritas you know, reporter. I went, you could sneak in backstage. I almost, <laughs> I almost didn't go to Texas when I met you. And um, I could have opened for Brian Callen that weekend here. This is the same thing happened last time. <laughs> when I had town, Brian Callen came to Vegas. I could have emceed that whole weekend he was here. I actually opened for him Thursday because then I flew out uh, the next day for Float Fest, or it might have been Wednesday. And um, and then I almost didn't go, and that turned out to be a great show, and she actually gave me more money than she had promised me because she was so pleased with my set. I met you, and it's like, and Yoshi's going to be here uh, with Dave Smith. That's, a, I mean, a phenomenal comic. And it's like, I wish I could be there. I need to be networking with these people. But, you know, it's like, if I can get in on that circuit, if I could start doing those shows, for people who want who aren't afraid to laugh and remember, you know, when everybody had a fucking sense of humor and not get offended at every turn. I mean, that's what's happening, especially in LA. People are going to comedy shows looking to be offended. That's where we're at now. It's fucking crazy. So yeah. Awesome, dude. Well, you know what? I I think you're one to watch for sure, you know, because I've been into comedy for a long time and the people that really have spoken to me are guys like Patrice O'Neill. Patrice didn't give a fuck about the industry. He didn't need them. Yeah. You know, yeah. he played yeah. the game a little bit, but he he was the type of guy that he loved to expose them. He loved to, he loved Yeah. To, you know, and I remember when he went on Infowars talking shit about Obama, and I, I hope that didn't, you know, you know, end up in getting him killed or anything. I know he had diabetes and he was he was out of yeah. So you kind of had that like a lot of comics have that real rebellious energy. That is actually very entertaining and refreshing. You know, George Carlin, of course, yeah. Bill Hicks. Yeah. I mean, Bill Hicks was calling yeah. out Waco. He was there doing independent media covering Waco. And, yeah. You know, so it's, I miss that. But I'm, I think, you know, everything goes in cycles. And I think we've reached the apex of like just leftist horseshit, you know, and it's going to, it's going to teeter the other direction real soon. So, man. Yeah. I yeah. get a huge audience and, and as soon as the real as soon as YouTube is disbanded or at least, you know, Patriots take over, guys like you will have a huge following because you're you're genuinely entertaining and you're knowledgeable. And, you know, that's that's what's up, man. It, they they purged all the conservatives. They purged Crowder, they purged everyone, and you know why? Because conservatives were winning. Like yeah. hand over fist, just dominate. Yeah. Yeah. Look at yeah. Look at Tucker. I know a lot of people have uh, that can go either way, but every time I've seen Tucker, he's said nothing but truth. 
I mean, I, I don't, I don't watch his program, but I get him in my Instagram and he's, he's calling out the hypocrisy of, of, uh, inflation and blaming it on Putin, like everything that he has said. So there's one, I mean, I know they're compromised Fox is, and, you know, but at the same time, and then this goes back to, you know, controlled opposition. I mean, These people are like centuries ahead in their planning. So this is the Biden distraction. This is, yeah, you see those uh, on the, con- you see the, those, those Congress, um, what was it? Holly was just um, uh, interviewing that black Harvard teacher who she called him saying uh, transphobia because he said only women can get pregnant. I mean, this is all distraction, bro. This is all distraction. This is get us fighting with each other. Yeah, we call you got you got Tucker calling out the left and calling out the Biden family and calling out the narrative, but nothing changes. So it's like you got people going, yeah, see, see, and then we just keep doing that. Yeah, see, this is what's really happening. Yeah, keep here's the little laser pointer. Keep following it, and nothing changes. No one is held accountable. And so I mean, Tucker speaking truth, but maybe they're letting him. Maybe. Maybe he's just, hey, keep keep these people bickering with each other. That's what I think is happening. Could be. Well, you know, uh, so you got this this uh, event coming up this weekend in Jersey. Have you performed in Jersey before? Yeah, this is uh, the second time I'll be at TIFF's at, uh, in Morris Plains. Um, it's called the Dojo Comedy. TIFF's in Morris Plains, New Jersey. Uh, you can go to samtripoli.com to uh get tickets and uh all the info nice and friday and saturday and owen benjamin he's another guy that got completely uh railroaded out of town because he said you know what kids should have puberty blockers i mean that's that's completely honest uh so man maybe you can come on his show sometime i think there's a lot of people who are just completely fed up and they see through the bullshit and you know i'm just tired of the gatekeepers i'm tired of people who you know they get they've given this huge audience they're they're allowed to to exist because they toe the line and yeah. um, man i look forward to the day when you know they announce the first big arrest because you know you've got this hunter biden stuff leaked i mean the guy's a complete crackhead pedophile so is his dad you know we were discussing yeah. this earlier but yeah the left i don't know what do you think what is there any way to redeem them at this point like what's it going to take is it going to see obama in handcuffs and then showing, you know, pictures of him and Maggie, you know, and shit like well, that. Well, I, I mean, I remember after the election and they were like, oh, these people have already been arrested. And and uh, well, that's why a lot of people kind of really turned on cue at that point because they're like, "Where? well, what's, yeah. I mean, he's broadcasting from a set and not the actual Oval Office. What's that about? Fucking Biden. Mm-hmm. And yeah it's going to take some arrests it's going to take some public hangings and these people if they're safe spaces are going to just go back to their safe spaces because once the men stand up and go ah shut the fuck up grow up what are they going to do i mean they have they they have the media censoring they have the media piling on doxing people um i mean they're making it very difficult but I, I I only see that I, that's the only way things anything is going to change is somebody one person. I mean, look what Ghislaine Maxwell. Yeah, she got twenty years 
uh, R. Kelly got more. And this woman was pimping out little kids. And fuck her, her list. Yeah. Uh, how about 4chan? How about you fucking hack that list? Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're not going to. They're throwing Biden already under the bus. I mean, the the, the, the media is already throwing him under the bus. So this is this is all fucking psyop. This is all bullshit to get us fighting with each other. You, you, the real leak I want to see is the list. We already saw the flight log of all those fucking people in Hollywood going to his island and Clinton there 25 fucking times. I mean, yeah, what are you guys doing there? Uh, and meanwhile, oh, no, Putin, Putin, Putin. Inflation, inflation, inflation. Just, J6. yeah. J6, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are there any trying to get on that one here. No, just that show Friday and Saturday. And then, oh, you know what? Uh, Rancho Cucamonga. I might do, Sam invited me to the comedy store on the 20th. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make that one, but Rancho Cucamonga on July 28th, I'll be doing a show. Um, if you go, if you guys follow me on Instagram, Tino Bumaye, anybody who knows the Ali, um, George Foreman documentary, Ali Bumaye, Ali Bumaye. That's where I got that from. So it's spelled uh, Tia, you can look up Tino Sanchez on Instagram or Tino Bumaye, T-I-N-O-B-O-M-A-Y-E. And then that'll be all the info for my uh, shows coming up. I also DJ, because uh, I was a DJ for many years, uh, for fun, twice a month at this place down here called Corduroy on Fremont Street, which is all rock and old school, which is great because I don't love, I don't like any of this new shit. These fucking, I call it uh, audio fluoride. I mean, it's just, it, yeah, talk about dumbing down and fucking demasculating the, the music now. Jesus Christ. And this is not just like, like every generation, oh, you kids don't know what good music is. No, you really don't. I mean, we are in an age of the verbal fluoride. That's what I call it. The dumbing. I mean, they're dumbing these kids down at every fucking turn, bro. And the music is forefront. It is god awful what they're what's being put out and what these little girls and these little kids are singing. It's unbelievable. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's just straight MK Ultra, you know, to like you said, it's it's to to numb them, dumb them, make them casual, yeah. make them think that their only value comes from like basically becoming a sex puppet for some fucking rich person. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and then glorifying it and glorifying Satan all day, you know, they're always screaming. I mean shit, Lil Nas X, I was looking like I'm a chili pepper yeah. fan, and so they're coming to Austin. Mm-hmm. Uh so I was yeah. like, Well shit, I wanna see him because John's back, you know? And uh Yeah. Lil Nas X is on the bill. I was like, who the fuck wants to see this guy? He's probably going to just... Lil Nas X is opening for the Chili Peppers? He's not opening. He's involved in this festival. But like, I looked at it. I was like, I could give a fuck about any of these bands. They, they're they all just like, I don't know. It's like that that auditory fluoride. It's it's legitimately real. There's no real rebellion. And you know, now we've got all the bands that we grew up thinking they were rebellion. Like Rage. Rage is just, yeah. it's cringy, man. It's, yeah. ter- it's so bad. Yeah. Oh, you know the name of what that that group was? Gavin did a great segment on this about all these Hollywood people that are anti-fascist while they're pushing, you know, Mao and Che Guevara. And they're wearing Che Guevara fucking shirts. The the one that Zach was wearing was I think it was called La Raza, mm-hmm. uh, which was this militant Mexican, I think uh, South American 
where the guy was just straight up, yeah, we have to kill the gringo. Uh, uh, and, and that's what Zach is wearing on one of these pictures. He had the shirt that said La Raza on it. So it's like, yeah, that's that's the big, that's the biggest joke ever. I mean, and I did that Monday and it, it, it went over really well, which was, I said at the beginning of the show is like, yeah, all these people saying, fuck you, I won't do what you tell me, but you have to be vaxxed and masked up before you can come sing. Oh, and by the way, you got to spend $500 or more to see the band called Rage Against the Machine. I mean, that says it all. That's yeah. it right there. That's the left. That's what we're fucking dealing with. I mean, besides the 72 fucking genders and besides the be scared of a, of a, of a virus that has a 99.8% survival rate, uh, a virus that haven't even isolated. I know you said that at the beginning of this, Okay. of us talking and I saw someone arguing with someone. It's like, yeah, they couldn't even isolate it. They fucking admit this. So what are we talking about here? Sorry, oh, yeah. I went off another tangent. Brainwashing. Yeah. No, that's good. So, They're champagne socialists and it's do it, do it, we say, not what we do. Uh, that's right. I love, the, I love the video that has gone viral of you just, just Sparta kicking that fucking, uh, <laughs> that, whoever that guy was, man, it was amazing. Yeah. And, and that's kind of how I see yeah, the left. Was... So I want to thank you for that because that's like a seminal moment where, you know, you get this guy that thinks that his being offended gives him the right to just scream and, and attack and like harass you. And you gave him a warning. You did everything by the book. You know, you're like, yeah, yeah, precise. yeah. And you just belted this dude onto the floor. Did he die from that? Like, <laughs> I didn't see him get up. So. <laughs> no, dude. No, dude. No, that's a good thing. I would have fucking been in jail. No, but here's the thing, man. Me and that guy, me and that guy actually have a lot in common. He's just an asshole. I got you. He's been in the Las Vegas scene. Uh, for anybody wondering, just heckler gets kicked, and you'll see me kick this heckler. But he, he was actually wearing a tinfoil hat. Right. And he's, he's anti-establishment. He's anti-Fauci. Like, he's one of us. He's just an asshole. He's just, like, he's, he might be a little... Yeah. You know, I think his mom might have dropped him on the head or fetal alcohol syndrome. Who knows? But um, yeah, he he's actually he he's aware, but he's just he was such a dick in the scene. And uh, I told him, I said, you know, if you watch the video, don't put your fucking hands on me. Right on. He did, and then he rushed me, and I gave him the Sparta kick. So you guys <laughs> yeah, that... just Google it; you'll see it. I watched that uh, like ten times at least now. Uh... Did you want to? You can, I can make it so that you can share your screen and go to your Instagram. If there's any clips that you want to kind of, just before we go, I know it's getting late. If there's anything more you want to say about your career, or if you want to kind of take over and be like, yeah, here's. Well, I'm looking for gigs. I'm looking for gigs. If you guys are looking for, you know, non woke comedy, uh, if you're a fan of Sam Tripoli, uh, if you're a fan of Eddie Bravo. Uh, I've been on the road with those guys uh, a few times and um, I've done a lot of shows with those guys. That's what you're going to get. You know, you're, you're, you're going to get, you're not going to get the pandering. You're not going to get the propaganda. You're going to get me basically just making fun of the left, making fun of Biden, making fun of the hypocrisy. Uh, if you want to join in on that, if you need a comedian, let me know. Find me on Tino Bumaye or Tino Sanchez on Instagram. And uh, uh, I'd love to do a show for you, with you, whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get into this circuit. Um, hopefully, I can be on the next Freedom Fest and uh, in the Skank Fest. Hopefully, that's coming up. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm down. Um, okay, so I was, uh, I don't know about you guys, but I'm sick and tired of the racism in this country. Uh, I was reading this article on restingwokeface.com. 
They were talking about all the ways racism rears its ugly head in this country that we need to be aware of. For example, I'm sure you know Dr. Seuss, racist, lucky charms, racist, snow globe, stop signs, gravity, cavities, expecting people to be on time, high blood pressure, the last two seasons of The Walking Dead, every television show with Chicago in the title, washing your side off with the hose, children who are afraid of the dark, meritocracy, mathematics, certain dinosaurs, surveillance camera videos, and automatic soap dispensers. Yes, automatic soap dispensers, I guess because there's no black soap. So I decided to express my inner anguish through the majesty of song in a little anti-racist ditty I wrote called Everything is Racist Blues. In 1920, there were 106 million people in this country with an estimated 4 million members of the KKK. 2016, 330 million people in this country with an estimated 65 Hundred members of the KKK. Did you know the WNBA is the least popular professional sport on the planet? Which means more people watch softball, fishing, and albino skateboard videos over women's basketball. 2016, the WNBA celebrated averaging 7,644 fans per game. You know what that means? I'm glad you asked. That means that there are 1,100 44 more people that attend any random WNBA game than the entirety of the clan in the whole country. Now after 100 years, we should be able to call that progress, right? Right? No, of course not. It's 2021 and everything is racist. You don't sing happy birthday, then you're a birthday sister. You only wear other boots and vans, you fucking lacist. Who doesn't love lotion? Oilable laces. You don't like naughty by nature, then you're a hip opera racist. You don't like Tom, my spaces. You don't like Tay Diggs, big ass forehead, then you're a tacist. People who correct your pronunciation is Sidney Poitier or Poitiasis. You don't like male pattern baldness, two paces. You don't like young crochets. You don't like selling like hotcakes, don't cry or spill milk when it rains and pours, don't judge a book by its cover, every cloud is a silver lining, the grass is always greener on the other side, and every dog gets its day, then you're a cliché zest. And if you don't like Jay-Z, you're a HBO saved my creative, uh, <clears throat> my creative and commercial, the marriage of the two, yeah. saved me. Because my record career had f pretty much died down. I had four gold records in the early 70s, and you can't be the new hot guy in town forever. So I began to fade and then run out of ideas. I drifted a while. HBO came along. In 77, I did my first show for them. They didn't have many subscribers. 78, I did another one, and I was on my way. I've now done... 13 of them, and number 14 is coming. And that is what has kept me in front of a mass audience without censorship. I don't mean just fuck shit and piss. I mean, 
ideas that would be unwelcome on commercial enterprise television. Mm -hmm. Because commercials, it's, it's in the word. It's a commercial enterprise. They can't allow you to be upsetting the customers. No, no, no. Can you soften that a little? I don't do that. I mean, I do The Tonight Show occasionally. I do Letterman occasionally just to plug a new thing that came out that I want to plug. And I work on some things for them that are, that are good from the panel, you know. But uh, HBO without, without commercials, boy, that saved my ass. And it, made, it really made me who I am. It, it allowed me to continue working 200 days a year or 100, however many I was well, well enough to do. And that forced me to write. Every time an HBO came around, I'd throw the show out and I'd write another one. I became a writer because of HBO. It's a weird life, you know. I read something when I was still a comedian in the, in the Greenwich Village, a friend of mine, Bob Altman, uh, not Robert Altman, Bob Altman. He told me about Arthur Kessler's act of creation. And in the uh, act of creation, Arthur Kessler, I don't remember the details of this well enough to do it justice, so I'm going to have to shorthand it to the part that meant something to me. He showed a triptych, a three-paneled, illustration and one of the and there were several listings down several listings in, in the vertical column each of them and and then of course you could go look across from one triptych to the second to the third and that was the progression of a creative person and the jester was in the first triptych and the jester is of course a person who makes jokes he makes these funny jokes but if he has ideas attached if the jokes are built on sound ideas if there's something philosophical in his thinking that the jokes illuminate, then he's a bit of a philosopher too. So he goes to the second part of the triptych, Jester becomes Jester philosopher now. And if he does those things with marvelous language, language that thrills us, particularly graceful combinations of words and runs and rhythms of language, then he becomes a poet as well. And so the jester has become a philosopher poet, and he's all one. And I read that very, at a very young period before my development really kicked into gear, and yet somehow it stayed with me. And I think I have now, I think I can now do a little justice to that theory. I think I can claim to have my, my essay, their essays now, there are sound ideas in them. The jokes are great. I would never run from jokes. Joke, 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 joke. I love big jokes. I love fat jokes. I love home run jokes. And I just put in five or six more the other day in this piece that's almost finished. And I love the jokes. But the jokes are there to uh, decorate the ideas. The ideas are about what I don't like in this country. What it is I'm sort of kind of disenchanted by in my fellow man, my fellow human, and my fellow American. So those are the ideas. But then I, I found that I have this ability my father had to be really good with language and to put it into kind of interesting sounding bits and snatches and runs and trills and things. And so I've kind of gotten that. I mean, I, I kind of have inherited that. And, and now I feel fully realized as a performing writer. See, I used to think of myself as a writer, as, as a performer who wrote his own material. I always bragged about that in interviews. I'd say, I write my own material, because a lot of comedians didn't. I'd say, I'm a, I'm a comedian, but, but I write my own material. Now I think I'm a writer who performs his own material. I write, but I have two places for it, books and on stage. Hearing you talk about you know, the 
the jester philosopher poet, I thought of that the opening monologue of one of those specials, Modern Man. Yeah, and it's it's a rap. I yeah, mean, it's a yeah. it's it is it's a rap poem. Yeah, it's, and it's all about language and mm -hmm. it's all about jargon, really, American jargon in this this decade, let's call it. Yeah. And uh, I'm a modern man, a man for the long name, digital and spoke free, a diversified multicultural postmodern deconstructionist, politically, anatomically, and ecologically incorrect. I'll do a short part of it for you. I've been uplinked and downloaded. I've been inputted and outsourced. I know the upside of downsizing. I know the downside of upgrading. I'm a high-tech lowlife, a cutting-edge, state-of-the-art, bi-coastal multitasker, and I can give you a gigabyte in a nanosecond. I'm new wave, but I'm old school. And my inner child is outward bound. I'm a hot-wired, heat-seeking, warm-hearted, cool customer, voice-activated and biodegradable. I interface with my database. My database is in cyberspace, so I'm interactive, I'm hyperactive, and from time to time, I'm radioactive. That's enough for now. <laughs>